Friend turn foe, Penn State's going to have to fend off a familiar name if they want any shot at landing Julian Fleming. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That is right. You are Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach Seiko, bringing you all things Penn State Nittany Lions. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's that simple. That's $150 bucks. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Today's episode is also brought to you by Team Ticker, the high-tech sports sign with a retro look. Show your team pride and go to TeamTicker.com and enter code locked on to get $50 off your online order this holiday season. That's it for my visual, my watchers here on YouTube. That is a Team Ticker sign right there in the background. I'll have more on that in the breaks coming up. Before we get into any discussion today about Julian Fleming, Penn State does get a commitment out of the transfer portal. Is there a potential of landing another offensive lineman out of the transfer portal? Before we talk about any of that, help out the channel to get all the latest and greatest when it comes to Penn State football analysis and Penn State athletics as we're going to be talking more men's basketball. Subscribe to YouTube and wherever you get your podcast to the Locked On Nittany Lions channel. Julian Fleming is in the process of visiting Nebraska. I imagine it's going to be wrapping up here soon at this time as this episode's going up here on Wednesday, December 13th. But Julian Fleming had taken a visit early in the week to Nebraska after visiting Penn State. So the the reports that Julian Fleming was Penn State's number one fan leading, you know, PSU chance at the first and, and going to all these different iconic downtown bars in State College might have been a little inflated if you saw any of those. Funny, funny, and, and I am all for it, but no, those weren't real, and I hope that nobody ended up falling for them. But Julian Fleming is taking business trips here, and he is visiting Nebraska in this case, and that is who Penn State has to fend off. They got to fend off the familiar friend, or I guess a foe in this case now, in Matt Rule. And that was one of the reasons I really didn't want him to go to Nebraska because it was going to be a bit of a headache going up against someone that grew up in State College, played at Penn State, coached at Penn State, went off to the NFL, and now he's back in the Big Ten. However, now there's an interesting wrinkle to all of this, and I appreciate the comment from Chris that pointed this out that now Nebraska is back in contention and is expected to land number one quarterback in the class of 2024, depending on where you look, but definitely one of the top three quarterbacks in all of the nation for the class. And it's Dylan Riola. Some people might remember this name. He is, he was committed to Ohio state. He's currently verbally committed to Georgia. And now he is predicted to flip to Nebraska, according to 24-7 Sports. They put in a prediction for this. So this comes from the comments section here on the channel. Appreciate the discussion. Appreciate the idea. And, you know, happy to give my take on it here. So thank you, Chris. Does this scare off Kyle McCord? And then does this little domino, or I guess a big domino in this case, knock over an even bigger domino with, with Julian Fleming here? Because... 
are Julian Fleming and Kyle McCord? Are they a package deal? Does if Dylan Riola commits to Nebraska, does that mean Kyle McCord is going somewhere else like, like Rutgers? And I don't think it does. I, I don't think it does. Not many true freshman quarterbacks are ready, especially where we are with college football right now, where there are a lot of sixth and seventh year seniors. I mean, there's there's a bunch of fifth year players, but there are a lot of grown men now in, in college football. It's not a just about the young adults anymore. There are full on grown age men that should be in the NFL or figuring out their life path at this point. So my point is, with all this experience in college football, rarely are you going to find a, a quarterback that's coming out of the high school level as good as they are, really, as good as they are. Rowler sat behind Sean Clifford. Kyle McCord's a veteran now. He's been in college football, and he was at Ohio State. So hypothetically, if both he and Dylan Riola end up at Nebraska, Riola's going to compete because he is the number one quarterback in the class of 2024. But McCord was highly ranked in his respective class. He was just the starter at Ohio State. Not many high school quarterbacks would be able to do that. If you go to, a, let's take Jaden Rashada at the case of Arizona State, that's where you're going to start. You're not going to walk into a Power 5, Big 10, Power 4, maybe I should even say with the Pac-12 dissolving, right? But Power 4 quarterbacks starting at Ohio State, it's going to be very tough to unseen him. So I don't think Kyle McCord's scared away if he sees an opportunity at Nebraska. So how does this all connect to Julian Fleming? Because that's really what we care about. But I think it's an important discussion because Nebraska is making some noise here with Matt Rule. I think the plan would be that Kyle McCord plays for one more year, even though he has he does have multiple years of eligibility that Kyle McCord comes into Nebraska, starts, and then Dylan Riola kind of goes through the Drew Aller treatment as a backup, maybe comes in for some select games, and then takes over as the starter as a redshirt freshman, maybe a true sophomore, who knows what they do with the eligibility, trying to get him into the games the same way that Penn State did with Aller. But Riola's commitment isn't exactly official just yet, even though he's expected to flip. He's been forecasted. He's been crystal balled, whatever. Uh, but we should question Riola's commitment as well. Nebraska isn't going to trade one for the other. They're going to try to get both. And that's, I don't think, is going to jeopardize anything. But Riola has now been to four different high schools. And with the impending commitment to Nebraska, that would be verb three different verbal commitments, Ohio State, Georgia, and then the Cornhuskers here. Dad played at Nebraska, so this makes sense. And it always made sense to me when he was rumored to go there and was visiting. And then your uncle coaches the offensive line. So you have family ties on the team. Maybe that was strategic by Matt Rule. Uh, good one on you, Matt Rule. But looking at Julian Fleming's situation now. So Kyle McCord goes to Nebraska. That's appealing to you because your quarterback who you just played with and practiced with over the past few years, starter or not, you practiced and you were on the same roster with this guy. There's familiarity and then you can form a dynamic duo. How good that dynamic duo is, I'm not here to judge that or argue that, but that would seem very appealing if they had a good relationship and are in good standing with one another. But Listening to some other Nebraska podcasts out there and seeing what the Cornhuskers beat has to say, and they the analysts say that there's no true number one on Nebraska's team. So that's appealing in its own right, too. Same boat as Penn State, but you can also make that pitch on top of, hey, how McCord's going to be the competing for the starting quarterback? Derek McCord. Who is Derek McCord? Well, Derek McCord is Kyle's dad. 
And I'm not saying he has a lot of influence here, but why is this even all materializing, right? Why is Kyle McCord interested in Nebraska? Why is Julian Fleming interested in Nebraska? Well, relationships matter. And we've talked about that a lot on this show here on Locked on Nittany Lions. He has a prior relationship from the time that Rule was at Temple as the head coach. That was a long time ago when Kyle McCord was so much young, so much younger, even before all of this even happened where they are right now. Matt Rule being at Temple and, and scouting Kyle McCord when he's younger because the projections were always there. And then he's not exactly living up to the expectations, but he was certainly hyped up as one of the top quarterback prospects in all of the country. And Derek McCord, Matt Rule have a prior relationship going back for a while. They're going to try to take them both. I don't think Raiola scares away McCord, as he should. And that's a very weak mentality here. No matter who the freshman is, no matter what quarterback ranking they are, if you're going to be scared away by someone that's never played a down of college football, that's more telling about Kyle McCord than anything else in, in this case. Julian Fleming, I think right now, would naturally project to Nebraska because of the familiarity if Kyle, I don't think Kyle McCord's the the done deal, like the the bow on top, the finishing touches here. Julian Fleming's going to be interested in Nebraska solely because of well, a okay, again, Matt Rule was in in Pennsylvania. You mean to tell me that there weren't any connections, any relationships built with Julian Fleming the same way that they were built with Kyle McCord? That's one. Number two, Nebraska needs a number one wide receiver just as badly as Penn State does. So there there's two competing elements here. Just which one, go inside the mind of Julian Fleming and try to figure out what he is ultimately going to do. And that is difficult to assess here because does it make sense for him to move closer to home? Absolutely. But does that matter to him? What are the competing NIL deals? Is Penn State offering more? Is Nebraska offering more? How about Kentucky, Georgia? Is anybody else getting into the fold? Because they were always rumored as well. In my opinion, it seems like it's going to come down to one and two. Penn State versus Nebraska. And I would say Nebraska is leading at this point because I think NIL offers are going to be equal. The difference here is that Penn State can't tell you that you're going to be with the same quarterback that you were on the same roster with the past few years, that connection, that familiarity. This is what I meant. I've said this. Matt Rule going to Nebraska was not going to, not going to be a fun time. It, it was not. And it stings even more because he played, he coached, he's from State College, right? Uh, and it's just, it's strange that he has to go up against Penn State like this. Um, my prediction right now would be Julian Fleming to Nebraska because of that reason of having that. But all, all things, let's take Kyle McCord out of the picture. You have everything else equal aside from, yes, location. Nebraska is still far away from home, where you grew up, where you played football originally in high school. So Penn State has that going for them, but that's not always the case. Maybe that's a good message to Trey Potts, but it might not be the same thing for Julian Fleming. So you still got to fend off Nebraska, but that's easier competition than I think Kentucky and Georgia are a lot tougher to fend off than the likes of Nebraska. That's just my opinion. Alan Heron is committed to the Nittany line. So transfer portal wide receivers are important. I'm here to tell you why offensive linemen are just as important. And in the final segment, there's another offensive line target that Penn State it has become not necessarily a want anymore. This is more of a need. I'm going to discuss these things over the next couple of segments here. Let's hear from one of our sponsors on today's episode, and that is FanDuel, the official sportsbook 
of Locked On. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team simply wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There is a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, overs, and unders, and more. And right now, Penn State is settled at a three-and-a-half-point favorite line against the Ole Miss Rebels. Despite the coaching changes, despite the opt-outs, Penn State is still a favorite. The total has moved, though, to 48-and-a-half. It's gone up, actually. If you like any of those lines, you know what you do. You go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and keep playing along with the college football season, the NFL season. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And another sponsor I want to tell you about on today's show, and that is Team Ticker. For the viewers of the show, that is a Team Ticker right back there to my left. For the audio listeners, I'm going to describe it as best as I can. I love this thing. Team Ticker is the one-of-a-kind sports sign for all you Nittany Lion fans out there, whether it's football, men's and women's basketball, baseball, soccer, or softball. Team Ticker has you covered. Never miss a game as the high-tech retro display provides a countdown to the next big game, as well as daily updates of the latest team news, stats, schedules, standings, and much more. And it's a smart sign, so all you got to do is connect it to the internet. You download the mobile app, you get it up and running in a matter of seconds, and it's easy to hang up on the wall. Easy setup. Anybody can do it. Each sign is officially licensed, meeting high-quality standards, and is assembled by hand in the U.S. Team Ticker is the ultimate upgrade to your Nittany Lions sports collection. Once you hang it on the wall, it is going to be the talk of all your fellow Penn State fans you're looking for that one eye-catching item to showcase your team pride or a gift for that special Nittany Lions fan, go to teamticker.com and pick up your team ticker today. And right now during the holiday season, Team Ticker wants to help you out. The one-of-a-kind sports sign is offering a special promo code that gets you $50 off your team ticker purchase, and that is locked on. Promo code locked on to receive $50 off your team ticker purchase only at teamticker.com. Team Ticker the one-of-a-kind sports sign for you Nittany Lion fans at teamticker.com. And the Locked On Podcast Network is proud of this one, launching the first ever 24-7 streaming channel for sports on YouTube. It's called Locked On Sports Today, and it's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus the national shows covering each and every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Penn State lands its first commitment out of the transfer portal in this cycle, and it is Alan Heron, offensive lineman, specifically a tackle. He is committed to the Nittany Lions to discuss his development and why he factors into the Nittany Lions plans and why they're still looking out for some other potential offensive line prospects in the transfer portal. That's all going to be dissected here over the next two segments. Alan Heron commits. I like this prospect a lot, a lot of upside, a lot of potential here, but he has to be able to do it, right? Three-star transfer out of the transfer, a three-star transfer prospect out of the portal, top 20 offensive tackle as a consensus. Some had him as high as Firmly in the top 10, others uh, lower in the rankings, but still on a consensus top 20, which is pretty good for for Division 2, right? Division 2 offensive tackle coming from Shorter University in Rome, 
Georgia, Rome, Georgia, six foot six, 310 pounds. I mean, this is big 10 size. Penn State's probably going to ask him to add more weight, but this is a good starting point for your tackle. Just great size, Over, overall athletic. And Penn State had to fend off a lot of, a lot of other power five schools. Power four, right? Auburn, Boston College, Houston, Kansas, Louisville, Maryland, Miami, NC State, Syracuse, UCF, and Virginia Tech, just to name a few. So you had to fend off Brent Pry uh, as well. But there were, and Clemson, even though Clemson didn't officially offer him, uh, he had a visit set up to the Tigers, to Dabo Sweeney, and Heron ends up canceling that, and he's going to commit to the Penn State Nittany Lions. A similar case, remember, Ethan Grunkmeyer did that as well, had a visit lined up with the Clemson Tigers, did not have an offer. They offer players only after they receive a visit. So it's kind of a quid pro quo in this case. But Penn State, twice now that they were able to fend off Clemson and keep them from getting that offer and get them to commit right away. This reminds me of the J.B. Nelson situation. I brought this up on the the previous episode. Depth piece for now. Depth piece right now, but potential starter if things go well in a year or two's time. Penn State is, think of it as long-term investing in this case because Big Ten offensive linemen take time to develop. Let's look at J.B. Nelson coming out of Lackawanna Community College, right? Nelson went from bench warmer to an everyday starter when healthy, and now he's really good. You look at the pro football focus rankings. I'm not here to defend what you think of them, but he had a lot of high grades coming out of each individual game when he was on the field as an everyday starter. So Heron was probably promised a similar plan, a similar blueprint to what they were able to do with Nelson. As a prospect, as I've already mentioned, he's athletic. That's why he's being recruited to play in the Big Ten, recruited by SEC schools, ACC schools, right? He just needs to work on his technique. You got to catch up to speed here. Even though he is six foot six, 310 pounds, I got to imagine that he's going to add some more muscle here. You're going from Division II to Division I Big Ten football. The SEC and the Big Ten, however you want to rank them, I think the Big Ten's a little better than the SEC, and it's going to be better with the addition of the four schools coming in as well and the rumor that they might even get Florida State. I mean, that's crazy, but let's talk about from the competition standpoint alone, even before all of those schools rumored or not coming into the Big Ten, you have to add more muscle. I see probably 15 to 20 pounds in his future. You don't want to add unnecessary weight, but you also don't want to get pushed back on the line of scrimmage as well. So think of Heron as a more developed high school prospect. You've already played college football. You've already added the necessary experience and some weight. You just got to add a little more. He just has a little bit of less eligibility in this case. Got to get in the weight room. Got to catch up to the speed and technique level. But you really have something to work with here inherent. And I like Penn State's vision here. I really do. In the NFL, sometimes when you go into the draft, you don't always take the immediate need. You try to take something that's going to project over the next two to three years a veteran that is aging out, right? You get the rookie that learns behind him and then takes over his spot in one to two to three years. Who knows how long it takes? Look at Jordan Love and, and Aaron Rodgers, right? That was a four-year plan. And Aaron Rodgers with Brett Favre before that, just to name an example, right? But, uh, and, and Sean Clifford's on that team. So who, who knows what, if there's a four-year plan there, jokes aside about that, but this is something that Penn state is thinking about in terms of, yes, yeah, short term, we address a need at offensive line because we have limited depth. I'm 
Seriously, they do. I'll explain in just a second here, but then he can turn into a potential starter. But let's address that depth at Penn State's offensive line, specifically at offensive tackle. Now, you could, in Penn State's case, be replacing four starters going into the 2024 season, but I'm looking at the tackle spot. Olu Fashionu has to enter the NFL draft at this point. We're still waiting on an announcement, but he has to as a projected top five overall pick. Caden Wallace could do one of two things, right? You could be losing both your starting left and right tackle here. And then that leaves you exactly with what? This is why Alan Heron becomes a priority because he's a depth piece, could be a backup, a number two or a number three. But depth is really important, especially at offensive line. Penn State was really healthy at offensive line this past season, but you never know in, in certain cases. Just because You're getting hit on every single play if you're an offensive lineman, just about anyway but let's look at the tackles that Penn State has at its disposal. Javon Williams comes to mind. Javon Williams is in year two, but does he does he start at left tackle? Does he start at right tackle? It seems like he's going to be a, a starter unless they can convince Caden Wallace to come back for another year. Caden Wallace's eligibility, what he decides to do with his future, is one of the more important decisions that Penn State has to find out sooner rather than later. Drew Shelton. Okay, Drew Shelton was a starter at the tail end of his freshman season, rotated in at right tackle and played some left tackle as well, versatile. And as a, a year three player in the program with that starting experience, I imagine that he and Williams will battle it out for the blind side protector of Drew Aller, and then whoever loses is going to be the right tackle. We might see Javon Williams at left tackle because we saw him come in in some, in some plays. He got a little bit of playing time as a true freshman. And then Drew Shelton, because he's worked so much at right tackle, why not just start him there? And then you get players where they are comfortable at that specific position. But I'm looking at this and I'm thinking with the veterans on the team, and this is why I'm going to discuss more in segment three about why Penn State is after more, they're after more tackles in this case. But Alex Birchmeyer, what's the plan here? Didn't play at all, didn't see the field, took the red shirt, that's fine. But does he project more as a guard? Is he a tackle? We don't know. Chimney Ono, same thing. Is he going to be a tackle? Are they going to shift him inside the guard? Vanga Yuwane has been described as a versatile player, as versatile player as well. Is he going to stay on the interior? I like him as a guard, but apparently he has enough athleticism to play tackle. I would like to see that given that he is a bigger offensive lineman. I mean, he's almost 340, almost 350 pounds. That might be too big at offensive tackle, but if there's a need... Maybe you have to play him there. And then lots of freshmen coming in, lots of freshman linemen. Cooper Cousins is going to be an interior offensive lineman, but I look at guys like Garrett Sexton, Egan Boyer, who are probably going to take that red shirt just because they got to do a lot of catching up to do right now, weigh about 260, 270 pounds. That's not going to cut it in Division One, Big Ten, Power Four, conference football, right? You got to get up to at least 300, 310 pounds, ideally, but they're very athletic. It takes time. It takes time to develop. So if you're thinking Penn State's being a little too overly aggressive going after offensive linemen in this case, that is not the case. They need offensive linemen. Penn State, just they, they need help. They need depth. I would say they need someone that can compete and try to start. Maybe that was a pitch to Alan Heron. Maybe it was a pitch that Heron, you can come in and compete for a starting spot Maybe at right tackle, maybe even at left. I don't think it went that far. I think Penn State obviously you know, pitches it that way, that yes, anybody can come in and compete, but there is a plan, there is a blueprint. 
and, and Heron's potential, his upside is there with providing good quality depth in 2024, projecting as a starter in 2025, ideally. So this one was very important for Penn State and one of the uh, probably one of the underrated commitments uh, across all of college football, specifically in the Big Ten in Penn State's case. I, with all the competition they went up against, right? It's not like Penn State was the only suitor. Penn State really did an excellent job here getting a commitment from Alan Heron, but it's not enough. It is not enough in this case as Penn State is still trying to recruit other offensive linemen out of the transfer portal, specifically tackles. There is one name that Penn State fans, if you haven't heard about him already, you need to know about. We'll discuss it on the other side. Let's hear from another one of our sponsors on today's episode, and that is LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is easier to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs than add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are, in fact, hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one at delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And remember, you can get all the latest Penn State football, men's basketball, transfer portal recruiting news, all right here on Locked On Nittany Lines. Become an everydayer. Subscribe to the channel on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a comment. Let me know what you want answered on these upcoming shows. Well, Penn State is still being very active in the transfer portal for tackles. They're going after offensive tackles. You would think is secondary or defensive line. Of course, wide receivers. We've talked about wide receivers so much. Julian Fleming at the top of the show. But Penn State is targeting the top offensive lineman, top 10 overall prospect in the portal as a consensus, Chase Basantis, former Texas A&M tackle, freshman All-American. I mean, my goodness, he was one of the former top offensive linemen out of high school coming from the state of New Jersey. Penn State has been in contact with him. Why is Penn State? trying to go after a, a plug-and-play starting offensive tackle. Well, he's because he's one of the best in the country, that's one. But there is, you know, with the with Olu Fashionu, right, we're still waiting for that decision. But if and when he goes to the NFL, you're going to need somebody to replace him. Does Penn State truly believe that they are getting a similar level of play from Drew Shelton or Javen Williams? And, and with what Basantis has done at Texas A&M in just a short amount of time, it makes sense why Penn State is going to be one of the final contenders to land him in this case. So Penn State has been in contact with him. They were recruiting him heavily out of high school. They're doing it all over again. So here we are. Relationships matter. And in the class of 2023, he committed to Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher. Mike Elko comes back to the Aggies, but that really didn't sway Basantis one way or another. Penn State's got some stiff competition here. They're, they're going up against 26 other schools, okay? Or 26 in total and 25 other ones. The, the usual, if you think Penn State's going after him, well, guess what? Ohio State, Auburn, USC, Oregon, Michigan, just about everybody, Florida, everyone you can think of, all the obvious ones. But in Penn State's case, the pitch here is pretty simple. 
come back closer to home, right? You went to Texas, New Jersey's pretty far away. Why don't you come play closer to home? You can also pitch the development of Olu Fashionu, right? Olu Fashionu turned into a top five NFL prospect, a top five potential top five NFL draft pick in such a short amount of time. They can probably have the same conversation with Basantis and you have the proof. The proof is there. However, this one is going to be a little more difficult than people might expect. I don't want to get anyone's hopes up here, but it looks like at the latest reporting that we've seen for Chase Basantis, he is projected to go to Michigan because of course he is. Now Michigan does have that. I don't want to praise them too much, but if Jim Harbaugh is going to get this contract extension, coaching staff is going to stay the same. I was really hoping that Harbaugh would go, go coach at Chicago, right? Go coach the Bears and build a winning program there with Justin Fields. But it, it seems like he's projected to the Wolverines at this point. That's what the Michigan beat reporters are saying. Locked on Wolverines has said that as well. So uh, Penn State, maybe they can come from behind in this recruiting battle, but that's where all the signs point to in this case. Now, there is another familiar name in the transfer portal. Who knows if Penn State are, is going to have a conversation with him, but some of you might remember Lance Dixon. Lance Dixon, former five-star linebacker, is back in the portal. He transferred out of Penn State and went to West Virginia, actually played in Beaver Stadium, right? Played against uh, Penn State this past season as a Mountaineer. Well, he's transferring once again, probably with a grad transfer in mind with one more final year of eligibility. Should Penn State consider bringing him back in? In short, no. I, I don't think they should. If Lance Dixon is transferring out of West Virginia, it is probably because, you know, kind of time's up in this case. I don't. He's from Michigan. He's from the state of Michigan, so maybe he considers going back home. I could see Michigan State as an ideal landing spot. The first time around when he transferred out of Penn State, the idea was that he was going to go to the Wolverines and ended up surprisingly committing to West Virginia. But I don't think Michigan wants him. In the case of Michigan State, with all the turnover that they've had, Jonathan Smith, new coach, this one would make a lot of sense for them to try to pick him up. And then he goes back to his home state of Michigan. I could see that happening as, you know, just a, a reserve backup veteran player. Maybe he gets a chance to start. I don't know the Spartans' depth really all that well, but if we saw anything from the game where Penn State shut them out and scored a 40 on them, right? They're gonna they're gonna need it there in this case. And that'll wrap this one up for Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. If you're not already becoming every day or for all the latest Penn State news and analysis and opinions, subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lions on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.